Welcome to the High Vibe and Healthy Podcast. My name is Fran Dargaville and I'm a functional nutritionist with a passion for gut health and real food. I'm here to share my take on nutrition and health, answer your questions and chat with leading health and wellness experts and all-round inspiring humans. Enjoy this week's episode and submit your questions at frandargaville.com or via my Instagram, frandargaville. Hello, hello. I hope you're doing really, really well. In the last episode, I spoke about the most common factors at the root cause of fatigue, and I know there was a lot in there. So this week, I'm going to make it more simple and tangible for you and walk you step by step through the process of getting your energy back. If you listened to the last episode, you'll know that there are so many different factors that could be causing your low energy. And a huge mistake I see most people make is jumping straight to the more complex and unlikely root causes of fatigue. In most cases, this is just going to waste your precious time and energy and stop you from getting results. So we're going to start with the key foundations for energy and then move on to some of the more advanced steps. Step number one is to focus on hydration. Our human bodies are made up of around 60 to 70% water. We need water to produce energy to keep our body functioning properly. To figure out how much water you need to be drinking daily, divide your body weight in kilos by 30. And that gives you your daily water intake in liters. And I'll just repeat that. So take your body weight in kilos and divide it by 30. And that gives you your daily water intake in liters. Your maximum daily intake generally doesn't need to exceed around two and a half liters a day for women or 2.7 liters a day for men. Also, I definitely encourage you to add some electrolytes. Now, electrolytes help you hydrate at a cellular level. For me personally, I actually don't feel properly hydrated unless I have electrolytes regularly, as well as drinking enough water. Coconut water with a pinch of quality unrefined salt is a great option, or you can use an electrolyte supplement like the ones from Trace Minerals Research. They have a great one that I use all the time, or good on ya. Another thing to consider when it comes to hydration is water quality. I would definitely recommend getting a water filter. Tap water contains chlorine and also potentially contains things like heavy metals, pesticides, and even pharmaceuticals like hormonal birth control and antidepressants. I personally feel like I hydrate way better when I'm drinking filtered water, And I've actually had a lot of clients share with me that they've experienced this too. It's much easier to feel hydrated when we're having quality water. You don't need a crazy expensive filter. I use an under sink filter from the water shop, which gets rid of dirt, rust, sediment, chlorine, chemicals, pesticides, and heavy metals. And that was a few hundred dollars. So it's not super cheap, but it's not thousands of dollars like a lot of those reverse osmosis and super fancy filters out there. So hydrate, get enough water, add those electrolytes and consider getting a water filter. The next few steps for getting your energy back are around the food you eat. 
First up, focus on eating a nutrient-dense whole foods diet, which means eating plenty of foods as close to their natural state as possible, like meat, eggs, seafood, nuts and seeds, fruit and veggies. This will provide your body with the building blocks it needs for proper energy production. Go and check out episode number 115 of this podcast, where I share with you the top nutrient-dense superfoods to add into your diet, if you haven't already listened to that one. Next, make sure you're eating enough food. This might surprise you, but this is a huge issue I see in a lot of my clients. We need food for energy. To figure out how much you should be eating, check out the Daily Energy Requirements Calculator on eatforhealth.gov.au. I just calculated my daily energy needs based on my height, weight, and activity level, and it's around 2,200 calories a day. And I know many women out there with similar needs to mine who are having only 1,300 or 1,400 calories a day. So once you've figured out your energy needs using that calculator, you want to check in with how many calories you're consuming in a day. So I know some of you will be tracking and already be aware of that, but if you're not sure how much you're eating, I'd recommend tracking one typical day of food intake in MyFitnessPal so you can get a bit of an idea of your daily calorie intake and compare that to your energy needs. As I said before, the food we eat is our fuel. If you're in a severe calorie deficit, you're going to be burning fuel from an empty tank. You can get by doing this for a while, but eventually it's going to take its toll. If you feel like you're restricting your calories and feel like that may be impacting your energy levels, I'd suggest reverse dieting, which is where you gradually increase your calories. So if you're currently on 1,300 calories a day, next week you could increase to 1,350 and the following week to 1,400. It's so much easier to lose weight when your body is healthy and you're feeling good. So if this is resonating with you, I really want to encourage you to focus on health first. And then once you're feeling really good, you can shift your focus to fat loss. The final food-related step to getting more energy is to prioritize balancing your blood sugar levels. There are a couple of main things to consider when balancing your blood sugar. First up, aim to have 25 grams of protein for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. This is roughly 100 grams of meat or fish, four eggs, yes, you need that many eggs to get enough protein, or two eggs and some free-range bacon. So many women struggle to get enough protein in, and this can really impact your energy levels. The other thing to consider for blood sugar regulation is to be aware of your intake of starchy carbs and sugars. Now, some examples of starchy carbs include rice, potato, and bread. You don't have to give these things up altogether, but just be mindful. If you make a fist with your hand, a serve of starchy carbs should be a maximum of around one fist per meal, and maybe more like half a fist if you're aiming to lose weight. Once you've dialed in your diet so the food you eat is working for you to help you get more energized, the next thing to consider is improving the gut and your digestion. 
Our gut is a really key piece in the puzzle to having good energy levels. It's where we digest and absorb nutrients. You could be eating the best diet in the world, but if you're not able to break down your food properly and get those nutrients out of your food, you're not going to be getting those key nutrients into your system that you need for health. Gut infections like candida and parasites can also make you feel exhausted and impact your sleep. Leaky gut and food sensitivities can mess with your energy levels and having low levels of beneficial gut bacteria can also impact how you feel. To improve your gut health, start by eating slowly and mindfully and chewing your food thoroughly. You can then consider testing your gut to see exactly what's going on in there that could be causing your fatigue. And we'll chat more about that in a minute. Step number six is to reduce and manage stress. I definitely recommend adding in some stress management tools like calming breath work, yoga, meditation, or tapping. And then we want to look at what in your lifestyle is adding stress. That could be drinking way too much coffee, a stressful job, or high-intensity workouts like F45. So we're managing stress with these stress reduction tools, but we also want to peel away the layers of the onion that are contributing to stress. Reducing the caffeine, delegating with work or family responsibilities where you can, swapping higher intensity training for lower intensity training like Pilates or walking. And the final foundational step to getting more energy is sleep quality and quantity. First up, you want to make sure you're getting enough sleep. We've been told that seven-ish hours sleep is enough, and for some people that may be the case. But most of us lead busy, stressful lives. What I've seen in my clients is that most of them do better getting more like eight to nine hours a night. And if they're really struggling with fatigue, they may need even more than that. And that's okay. Our priority is getting you to a place where you feel really good. This isn't for forever. So if you're dealing with fatigue, really aim to prioritize your sleep over the next couple of months to help you heal and restore. Aim to get outside in the natural light first thing in the morning without sunglasses, as this triggers the production of melatonin, our sleepy hormone, later in the evening. When it gets dark outside at night, dim your lights in your home and minimize your exposure to blue light from your phone or laptop. And the other thing to think about when it comes to sleep is sleep quality. So I have a question for you. Are you waking up feeling rested? If not, you may need to improve your sleep quality. For more info on how to improve your sleep and your sleep quality and how much you sleep, go and check out episode 114 of the podcast. Now we've got the foundations covered, let's move on to the more advanced steps to getting your energy back and chat about the functional lab work to consider. Functional lab work is the type of testing that I do with my clients and it helps us identify imbalances in your body so we can really restore and optimize your health. For low energy, I definitely recommend getting blood work done. It's important to determine if you have any nutritional deficiencies that could be causing your low energy, like iron deficiency or low vitamin D. So 
Request Iron Studies, 25 OHD, which is a vitamin D test, and vitamin B12. It's also a good idea here to check for inflammation and see how your liver and kidneys are functioning as well. Thyroid function is another common root cause of fatigue, but unfortunately, most doctors will only test TSH, which really is just the tip of the iceberg. We really want to do a full thyroid panel with TSH plus T3, free T3 and reverse T3, T4 and free T4 and thyroid antibodies. So we can get a really clear picture of what is going on with your thyroid. Also, keep in mind that your results may look normal from a conventional perspective, whether that's related to thyroid function or nutritional deficiencies. So I would recommend taking your results to a functional practitioner to have them interpreted from a holistic perspective. Gut testing is another really helpful tool for getting to the root cause of fatigue, because as I mentioned before, there are many things that could be going on in your gut that are causing low energy. I use the GI map gut test, which helps identify pathogens like overgrown bacteria, candida and other fungal infections, parasites, and also whether you have enough good gut bacteria and whether you may have a leaky gut. If this is something you're interested with, then I definitely recommend checking out my gut testing package, which you can find via the link in my Instagram bio. Now, if you've already done all of this, there are a couple of other key things to consider. First up, what's going on with your adrenals and HPA axis? Could you have adrenal fatigue or HPA axis dysfunction? If you feel exhausted all the time, or perhaps you often feel tired all day long and then feel quite wired in the evenings, then it's quite possible that your adrenals or HPA axis is playing some part in your fatigue. This is something you can test using a saliva test, and I love the Dutch test to look at how our stress hormones are functioning. The next thing to consider is, could you have post-viral fatigue, like long COVID, for example? This is unfortunately very common at the moment, and it's going to require targeted immune support to help you get your energy back. But I have seen really great improvements in my clients with long COVID by doing a lot of these foundational pieces and also focusing on that targeted immune support. And finally, could you have been exposed to mold in your home or workplace? Mold toxicity can massively impact your energy levels and also really needs targeted support. Around 25% of the population, including me, <laughs> are more susceptible to toxicity from mold and other biotoxins. You can do genetic testing with the haplotype test to figure out if this is affecting you. And if you found mold in your home, I definitely recommend speaking to a building biologist to determine whether it's a problem and how to have it safely removed and prevent it from coming back. Okay, let's recap. Here are those foundational steps to focus on first. Step number one is hydration, focusing on hydration, having enough water, adding in those electrolytes and looking at your water quality and considering a filter. Step number two is to eat a nutrient dense whole foods diet. Step number three is to make sure you're eating enough food. Number four is to balance your blood sugar levels by 
eating plenty of protein, and minimizing or just being mindful of your intake of starchy carbohydrates and sugars. Step number five is to improve your gut and digestion. And step number six is to reduce and manage stress. So looking at what's causing stress in your life, offloading that stress if you can, and then also adding in stress management tools like yoga, tapping, meditation, or whatever it is you enjoy and whatever is going to help you manage stress. And now let's touch on those more advanced steps, including getting blood work done to look at whether you have any nutritional deficiencies and checking with how your thyroid is functioning. And really also just to see what's going on in your system on a whole that could be contributing to your fatigue. Next, we touched on gut testing. And as you know, what's going on in your gut is hugely linked to what's going on in your system and your body on a whole. And it can definitely be contributing to your fatigue. So this is absolutely something I recommend considering. And finally, those other avenues to explore include HPA axis dysfunction or adrenal fatigue, post-viral fatigue like long COVID, for example, and mold exposure. So I hope this has been helpful for you. Before we wrap up the episode, I want to let you know that I have just a few spots available to get started with me in my one-on-one programs this month. So that's either my with Fran or VIP programs. In these four-month programs, we work together closely to really figure out what's at the root cause of your symptoms. And I guide you step-by-step through the process of finding the perfect way of eating for you, the perfect supplements for you. And we do it in a way that feels really approachable and doable for you. So you can start to feel really good, feel empowered, and finally get rid of those frustrating symptoms you're experiencing. Head to frandargaville.com forward slash high vibe to check out my different program options. And if you have any questions, send me a DM on Instagram and let's chat. Have an awesome day and I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the High Vibe and Healthy podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to chat with me about how we can work together to reach your health goals, head to frandargaville.com. To connect with me day to day, Instagram is the place to be. Follow me via my handle at frandargaville. And finally, please note that the materials and content within this podcast are intended as general information only and are not considered to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment.